Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. It's 4 o'clock. Welcome to Tutel and Nuanes, Montana's only statewide sports talk show. Broadcast on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Western Montana and across the state on SWX Television. I like football! Now, sports talk from Montana for Montana. Live from the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanes. Hello, Montana. Jamie Pickens has entered the transfer portal. And Sean Rainey has entered the Zoom. It is Tutel and Nuanas 1029 ESPN Radio. Outstanding to be with you in Western Montana on your radios and across the state on SWX Montana Television. Hi, how are you? Great to be with you on this Friday afternoon. Hope you are having a fantastic day. Thanks for spending some time with us, letting us be on board with you. If you would like to listen live on the World Wide Web, you can do just that, 1029ESPN.com. You listen live all the time. Thanks to the stream. The stream is available thanks to Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. And if you'd like to call, well, guess what? You can do that today. We'll explain to you how to do that today. But all guests join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. So we'll get to that here in just a minute. Quickly, let's go through what we have in the show. Uh, Jamie Pickens, the uh, Gatorade Player of the Year out of Helena, who was a freshman for the Lady Grizz women's basketball team this past season. Turns out she is transferring out of the uh, University of Montana and just recently breaking, I believe Coulter has confirmed this, to Carroll College. We'll be going to Carroll College. So we will get into that uh, story and, uh, and what continues to unfold the University of Montana in terms of women's basketball. We will also get into recent Gatorade players of the year from a number of different sports, women, girls basketball, boys basketball, football, and look at what the recent recipients of the award for presumably the best player in a given sport uh, each year at the prep level has gone on to do at the collegiate level. A kind of an interesting analysis there. So we will get into that. We will also get into uh, Coulter has discovered something that that is just so crucial to everybody. I can't even quite say there's no left-handed quarterbacks in the National Football League. Well, there's about to be, and that's the whole point. Tua. Tua Tagovailoa is about to be in the National Football Who League. was the last one? 2016? I 2016. I don't know. I, I will have to track down that information. That was a statistic that I found on Twitter. I'm so. trying to think about who who was, was it? I don't know Mark if it was Brunel John was a Kitna. Lefty. Mark Brunel's a good one, yeah. John Kitna's not a lefty. No. Okay. So we will, John uh, Kitna's a great golfer, though. We'll, we'll come back to that. Uh, and then at the top of the hour, we're very excited. We got to uh, sit down and have a Zoom session with our friend Sean Rainey from SWX Television. Sean Rainey, of course, uh, sportscaster of the year. Great uh, uh, sporting uh, reporter and personality around the state. And uh, we got on. We talked 
all kinds of things from Jamie Pickens to baseball to his favorite NFL player kind of meandering all over the place so we'll bring that to you uh, here today also want to mention we had the chance uh, earlier today as well really grateful for it to sit down and have a, a zoom conversation with Leon Costello the athletic director at Montana State University he uh, we will we will air that for you uh, next week early next week Monday or Tuesday uh, we'll bring that to you but wanted to make sure that uh, we had enough time to get people ready for that let them know that it was out there and then uh, uh, we will uh, have that for you but a great conversation with Leon and I thought really informational I thought I thought this was given a time and place that we're in right now where it seems like we don't know almost anything I felt like this was as informational as it could get at least in terms of processes certainly at Montana State but even also in general so we appreciate him for doing that we'll bring that to you uh, early next week Coulter it's a Friday for crying out loud you know what we like to do around here on a Friday? Get ourselves a little Joe. Get ourselves a little caffeine bump. It's our Florence, Florence Coffee Company coffee break. We appreciate them. Now, Florence Coffee, they got new hours, different hours. All their kiosks now are closing at 2 in the afternoon, except for the big one, you know, the three-person drive-through triangle that they have there on Brooks. That's open till 4, so it's open a little bit later. But nonetheless, anytime, you know, over the course of the weekend, you need a little pick-me-up, you're trying to get out of your house, find an excuse to get out of your house, I don't want to make my own coffee, I'm just going to drive and get some and just like for the excuse of just going somewhere, go to the Florence Coffee Company and pick them up. Now, I know that uh, uh, I got myself an iced latte, I got you your standard iced uh, Americana with a little bit of cream. Now, Tommy is sitting back here in a very recalcitrant mood because I brought him absolutely <laughs> nothing whatsoever. No one understands. And he is so bitter because today he's been all over it. We're on SWX television today, and Tommy has been working furiously to get us some phones. And he finally did it, and we'll tell you how to call, but he got us, uh, uh, like, it's not just phones, man. It's like a six line monster truck phone line type of deal and then i shot him out of the coffee you know i didn't bring you anything so tommy of all the days that i should have done it certainly today was the day and i'm sorry i didn't do it it's you know? okay uh this just reminds me of a great quote which is there's always free cheese in a mouse trap and this show <laughs> has proven to me yet again just to be Another okay. mouse now, I, I can barely hear you. Are you sure you're loud enough? I'm sure the people can hear you fine. How come I can't hardly hear you? What are you talking okay, about? Okay, I can just turn myself up. Okay. You can't hear me? Not really. Pretty quiet. But there is free cheese in a mouse trap. How about now? Nope. Nope. Can't hear me. Nonetheless, that's actually good news for me because now Tommy can't yell and scream at me for not bringing him coffee. Uh, but the point is, at the end of the day, I brought him plenty of coffees over the course of time, all from Florence Coffee Company. We appreciate them. We took a break. We take a break, and we have a great weekend with some Florence Coffee. We appreciate them. And we appreciate Tommy Evans because he pulled it off for us. Now, I want to be clear. We're, we're going to be doing some number switching. We actually have a permanent number that we will be shifting to. And when it is available, that's when I'll tell you to lock it into your phones, okay? Because we're going to do a new phone number here, okay? And it's going to be a very easy-to-remember phone number, and we're very excited to have gotten the number. In fact, Tommy told you what it was yesterday. But today, right here, right now, if you want to call into the show, the phone number is area code 406, okay? 361-3688. That's your phone number. 361-3688. That's for today. I don't know if it'll be for us on Monday as well. It may well be. It'll be a new number on Monday. A new number on Monday. So just one day only. You got two hours, okay, to use 361-3688. But that's the phone number if you want to call in, 406-361-3688. In the first segment, talking Lady Grizz basketball. Uh, and so if you want to get in, in on that, you are certainly welcome to. And Tommy is uh, well, excited to play with his new machine to see if he can get the thing to work. It'll, it'll be a... I wouldn't say a minor miracle. It'll be, it'll, I expect that if we have callers that they will be able to make it on the air, but it will be a little bit of a new process to, uh, to put people on the air with our new system, right? Yeah. So you can't hear me now? I mean, we can hear you. It's just very faint. Really? I'm not saying that the people Super out in a, I, perhaps the people listening on the radio hear you perfectly well and they're wondering what's the matter check, with us. Check, check. All right. Coulter, let's talk between you and I. Let's talk. The uh, Lady Grizz uh, has been an interesting, well, it's been an interesting several years with the Lady Grizz. Yeah, I mean, interesting is one way to put it. I mean, this is a complete disaster. Well, at this point, it certainly it certainly has come to 
something like that to me today. So the news today, for those of you uh, uh, following along at home, is Jamie Pickens, who was the Montana Gatorade Player of the Year in high school. Twice. Came to the University of Montana to play basketball for the Lady Grizz to play for Shannon Schwain. And she played her freshman year, averaged about 15 minutes, maybe a little less. 17.1 minutes 17, per game. Okay, yep. 17 minutes a game. But only 13 minutes per game in conference play. And um, was – I wouldn't say she was the best player for the Lady Grizz this year in terms of what she was, but she has the most versatility of any player on that team. And you could clearly see what what she is as a player. I mean, you're talking about a six-foot forward or close to oh, six she's, feet. No, she's 6'2". Okay. That can shoot the three, that can play on the block, that pretty much has her way anywhere on the floor. And she is transferring out of uh, the University of Montana. And you she's just going to Carroll College. confirming that Carroll she's College going to Carroll. Carroll College officially just affirmed it right now. Okay. So she's headed back to Helena. Okay. So Where going home. Going. Got that. Yep. But this is a complete... A complete disaster to me for the Lady Grizz for a bunch of different reasons, which we'll, which we'll get into. But first of all, yeah, I mean, you're selling picking short. What people got to understand that people that are familiar with her, they've seen her, that have seen her play or seen her compete. She's a, she's a very special athlete just in terms of her physical gifts. There is not very many women on planet Earth that are as big, tall, strong, and athletic and as, as Jamie Pickens. I mean, she can shoot the three. She can dribble with both hands. She can play facing the basket. But she's also six foot two and very strong. I mean, yes. she's built. She she has a power five all the way build. The other thing you got to realize, I'm looking at Jamie Pickens' ESPN.com high school basketball profile. The last girl from Montana that had one of these was Jocelyn Tinkle. Mm. Jocelyn Tinkle did not have a scouts grade of 94. Jocelyn Tinkle was not ranked as the 89th best player in the United States of America. And Jamie Pickens was ranked as the number 15 forward center in the country coming out of high school. She was multiple-time Gatorade Player of the Year, led Helena High to three straight state championships. She is, I would say she's the best prospect to come out of Montana since Jocelyn Tingle, but I actually think Jamie Pickens is a lot more athletic. She's a lot smoother. I don't know if she has the the basketball acumen of a Jocelyn Tinkle because Jocelyn Tinkle was top-notch. I mean, she comes from a coach's family, and you know both her play- parents were tremendous players for the Grizz. But I would say that Jamie Pickens was the best prospect to come out of Montana since Jocelyn Tinkle and one of the five or six best prospects to ever come out of the state of Montana. I mean, it's, it's Karen Deaton, Shannon Kate, Lori Payne, Kristen Tillman, Manny Morales, Jocelyn Tinkle, Jill Barta, and Jamie Pickens. That's the list. Every single one of those other young ladies I just mentioned all went to Power 5 schools. Manny Morales ended up transferring back from Arizona State, but and Shannon Kate could have gone anywhere in the country right. that she wanted to, d- decided to stay here. That's the the bookend of this whole thing, though, is, is Brian Schwain, Shannon Schwain's husband's from Helena. They have family ties in Helena, although Shannon's from Billings. Shannon's girls grew up with Jamie Pickens their whole lives. So part of the recruiting job was a great job by Shannon to get Jamie Pickens here. Part of it was Jamie Pickens grew up wanting to be a Lady Grizz, and part of it was that they have deep personal ties. Well, then we saw a bunch of we had, we saw several girls leave the program before Shannon Swain was fired. I've confirmed that several others went to the administration and said that they would leave if Shannon was not fired. One of those girls was not Jamie Pickens. Jamie Pickens wanted to play for Shannon Swain, and now Jamie Pickens is heading to Carroll College. So. To put this in perspective for people that don't follow women's basketball, this would be like if Josh Hustis went to Montana State Northern. This would be like if Trace Tinkle went to Montana Tech. That's the level of talent Jamie Pickens is. And she's going, I mean, granted, she's going to go play in her hometown. But I think that, I mean, if she fulfills her potential, there's no way she's not a multiple-time first-team All-American at the NAIA level. That's right. Yeah. I mean, she, she is so much more talented. It would be crazy if she would have even transferred to a similar level as the big sky. When I first heard that she was thinking about transferring, I thought, oh, well, she's going to go to Gonzaga or Washington or Oregon State or Stanford, who all offered her coming out of high school. I never in my wildest dreams thought she would end up in the Frontier Conference. And so this is this is beyond crazy, the news today. And I think we'll get into how this what is what this means for Lady Grizz program. But just from a singular nature, I mean, good for her that she's going to go home and she's going to play at a level where she should absolutely dominate. But it, it's pretty wild that this is this actually happened today like it did. Uh, 
it also is is wild the this this last month and since the season ended for the Lady Grizz and for Shannon Schwain as a head coach, and then the hiring freeze that has taken place because of the coronavirus just across universities uh, uh, coast to coast, including the University of Montana, and the way that this is all sort of interplayed. We have yet to receive an official transmission from the University of Montana Athletic Department in regards to Shannon Schwain not being renewed. Uh, I don't know why. I don't know what the delay there has been, but also at this point, there's no excuse and I'll leave it at that. Okay. There is no excuse. There's no excuse to have this be in the public like it is to have multiple people have gone on the record about the situation, including the person that was terminated and now have an official announcement from the school. It's, it's horrendous PR. It's unacceptable. It needs to be remedied. Um, But also within the context of making a coaching change, which Coulter, you and I both sat here and said, you know, that's probably the right choice. Like at this point, uh, you know, five years, we've seen the ebbs and the flows and what has been at times really good, but at time, but, but regularly terribly inconsistent game in game out. And even within individual games, inconsistent play, even though there's been tremendous amount of talent at times playing for the lady Grizz. And And, and on that point, you made a comment. You said that was Jamie Pickens, one of the Montana Grizzlies best players last year. No, she was not, not by production, not by, any standard. She was definitely one of their better players, but not. she was not really in the conversation for freshman of the year in the Big Sky. To me, though, that's indicative of the way that they mismanaged the roster because if you have that talent, she should be at least in the conversation as an all-Big Sky player and as the freshman of the year in the league. I agree. Also, though, the reason that this, to me, is such a, such a very difficult pill to swallow for Lady Grizz fans is that if you're going to go through a coaching change, what gets you from... The, the end of one tenure through the beginning of another tenure is the players that you have and the talent that you have. And this is a, a, a girl where you already highlighted all of the, you know, coming out of the high school, the accolades, the talent, all that. And we've seen it on the floor already. It's not like she showed up and then wasn't what people thought. She absolutely was what people thought and was going to be a sophomore and have three more years of eligibility. And, and to me would have been absolutely the bridge to be built between the, the, the present and the future for this program. And whoever the coach was was going to almost be secondary because the centerpiece that you have to work around is no this question. girl, this player, this tremendous talent. And now you don't have that. And I think that they are – I mean, we talked about this with Sean Rainey, which you'll hear at the top of the hour, but th- th- this is for the first time in my lifetime. It, it appears to be full rebuild mode for the Lady Grizz now. And this is the peril that you go through because, like we said, I think we both were on the same page that Montana w- women's basketball had taken a step back. There was a lot of pretty tangible things that were going on that I, I thought warranted no- a non-renewal. I-, I-, I thought so. But this is where when you have the greatest player in the history of your school as well as the history of the league, an icon, an institution, as the head coach, there's going to be fallout no matter what decision that you make. And if the administrators were put on the spot that a bunch more girls were going to leave if they retain Shannon, and then you retain her, the cupboard's empty. Well, now the opposite case here, you have the, the bookend of this is so wild because I named all those prospects from Montana. Every one of them went and played in the Pac-12. Manny Morales was the one that came back to Montana. But the bookend is, Shannon Schwain and Jamie Pickens were the two that stayed home from the beginning. And it's not a coincidence that Jamie Pickens chose Montana to play right. for Shannon Cates. That's right. And now with Shannon out, so is Jamie Pickens. And I think that in itself is pretty crazy. I also think that, I mean, the, as far as the ties to Helena go, I mean, Jamie Pickens is from Helena. Carroll College is in Helena. But Rochelle Sayers is, I know, close professional friends with Shannon Schwain. And also we mentioned the Strands family ties too. So now you have – it makes a little bit more sense when you dive into it, but it's still – it's it's a, a crazy situation that you're going to have that talented of a player playing the Frontier Conference. That's right, and, and I should be very clear. All I'm speaking to me, my, my view, from the perspective of the Montana women's basketball team, not yeah. from the perspective of Jamie Pickens. I have sure. no idea what her perspective is, and clearly it sounds like you know her relationship with the Swain family in general is a very strong one and a great one, and that's great. And we – so – 
this is not a critique of her making any sort of decision that she wants to make. She's free and welcome to make it. I'm just saying, from from the program standpoint, this is a disaster today. No question. And I mean, it, social media is a public record, right? I mean, Twitter is that's a public forum. And I, I will say this: multiple of Shannon's daughters have quote tweeted my re- initial reporting of this saying, I'm really proud of Jamie Pickens. Thanks so much for being so loyal to my family. Mm. So it's very clear to me that there is a, a strong connection there. Yeah. So we'll see. Okay. Uh, but just in terms of the actual roster here now, Montana, they graduated three. And then they also had two more leave before Shannon right. departed. So you, you were already going to have to replace Mackenzie Johnson, Emma Stockholm, and Taylor Goligoski, graduated seniors. You were already going to have to replace Gabby Harrington, who was a part-time starter for the last two years. And you're also going to have to replace Kylie Frolich, a local girl from Sentinel who came to play for Lady Grace. Now you got to replace the centerpiece, though, like you said as well. And so then you look at what they have coming back. Sophia Styles, you know, we've confirmed that she did have her surgery, so she's going to be out until at least November, maybe December. So that puts them another player down. So now you have Abby Anderson, Maddie Schoening, Carmen G. Feller, and the Schwain sisters, who, as we mentioned in the, the show last week, uh, Shelby and Jordan Schwain, they both have been added to the track and field roster. So who knows what their future is? Do they mm-hmm. stay at Montana? Do they stay and just do track? Do they stay on the basketball team? Who knows? But beyond that, though, Montana had five commitments from in-state prospects, and we talked about how all those girls maintain that they're committed. But the early or the late signing period, excuse me, opened. Only a couple of those girls, Kendall Keller, the Montana Gary Player of the Year, she signed in the fall. I believe uh, the Albrecht girl from Billings West signed in the fall. But other than that, I think they're still waiting on letters of intent as well. So as the tumult continues, you got to get the somebody on the roster. Yeah, and, right. and so then, like you're saying, I mean, when you look at that roster without Pickens in the middle, they're going to have a tough time next year in the league. But if you're really going to rely on – I mean, all five of their incoming freshmen are all from Montana. We know Montana produces great players, but a lot of times they're developmental players. They're not ready for a couple years. If you're really going to try to rely on five true freshmen next year, you're going to that's uphill sledding big time for the Lady Grizz. No doubt. Uh, all right. Well, this also opens up an interesting conversation, which we want to have next, which is in multiple sports, girls basketball, boys basketball, football, the Gatorade Player of the Year has historically been gone on to, to do some some pretty remarkable things, go to some pretty remarkable levels in the sport that they were uh, the Player of the Year in. Recently, however, there's been instances of that. And recently there have been instances where that just hasn't happened. So we'll go through that, and I think it's an interesting case study, so we'll get to that right after this. I want to mention to you, the International Wildlife Film Festival, 43 years strong, it is still on, and it starts tomorrow, and it is happening virtually, okay? It's happening virtually. You go to wildlifefilms.org. Virtual passes start at just $5, and there's a ton of films beginning tomorrow and be running all week through next weekend. Look, you're hanging out at your house for crying out loud, okay? You're quarantined. This is ideal to go online and be able to participate in the International Wildlife Film Festival just like you always do and much easier access, frankly, to get to all of these films. So get online again, wildlifefilms.org. Check them out. Support your local community, the film festival, which is a great one anyway. Tie it to the great outdoors and, uh, and and enjoy it this whole next week beginning tomorrow. Again, wildlifefilms.org. At Blackfoot, we're experts at keeping businesses connected to customers and communities. During this time, we want to help share our expertise with your business. From advising on remote workforce systems to assessing internet connections, we're here to help deploy the solution you need to continue supporting your customers. How can we help your business? Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash remote workforce to learn more. To Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Great news, people. We have telephones today. How about that? 361-3688. Today and today only. It's like a disposable plates, these phone numbers that we're going through. 
361-3688. You want to give us a call, you can certainly do that. At Gus Tutel on Twitter, at 1029 ESPN, and at Sports MT on the uh, Twitter as well, keeping you up to date and informed in real time all the time about the goings-ons in uh, the world of Big Sky Conference sports. Uh, Coulter, we talked about Jimmy Pickens transferring, who was a two-time Gatorade Player of the Year. The last three Gatorade Players of the Year in girls basketball in the state of Montana have been two-time winners. Taylor Goligoski. Well, actually, Taylor Goligoski had a uh, – Joe Barta won in between because Goligoski won as a sophomore and a senior. Right, but she won twice, though, she, right? Right, right, okay. right. So, yeah, Jill Barta in between, right? Right. Uh, but then Sophia Stiles and uh, and then Jamie Pickens as well, both uh, two-time Players of the Year. But you want to talk about this sort of broadly, the Gatorade Player of the Year Award and what recently recipients of that award across sports at high, at high school level have, have, have gone on to do or not. I think there's, there's several different interesting conversations to be had here. The lifeblood of... Montana and Montana State football, obviously, and women's basketball often has been in-state products. Right. Some of the better Cat and Grizz teams of the last 25 years, actually, in men's basketball, though, have also had Montana kids. That's just been a little bit fewer, far between. I guess what I'm getting at here is is twofold. The I, I wonder if there's one of the things that makes Montana athletes great is the lack of hype surrounding them. Almost all the guys we've seen, whether it's Chase Reynolds or Mark Mariani at Montana or Dane Fletcher at Montana State, those guys were like not even full-ride guys. Oftentimes, they were walk-ons. There was no fanfare. There's no four-star recruits. There's no bullseye on their back. And I think oftentimes, that is what makes guys great because they can just persevere through all of it. I mean, you look at a guy like Caleb Schreibeis who won the Buck Buchanan Award at Montana State. Going into his fourth year in the program, as going into his redshirt junior year, they had basically tried to talk him out, out of staying with the program. And then right. he said, give me one more shot, and then he balled out during spring, and then all of a sudden he's an all-league player as a junior and the Buck Buchanan Award winner as a senior. Those sorts of stories are why we love what we do here in Montana. But I also think that oftentimes, more often than not, it seems to me over the last 10 years, being the Gatorade Player of the Year has made it so you're sort of a marked person. And the women's side has been a little bit skewed because, like, Sophia Styles, she's a great athlete. She's just been hurt her whole time at the University of Montana. Taylor Goligoski, same thing. I mean, she was great coming out of Hamilton High School. She was as advertised as a freshman, led the Lady Grizz in scoring, and then the injury started. And so that, you know, that's here nor there. I don't think there's any pressure associated with this just having injuries riddle your career. But then you look at Peyton Ferris, who won it at Twin Bridges. She was absolutely outstanding at Montana State after she overcame some of her injury stuff early in her career. But then you go down through the, the next couple after that. I mean, Danielle Mirai, you can't say she didn't have a great athletics career. She just didn't play basketball. She right. went to North Carolina State, to, excuse me, North Dakota State to play basketball, ended up transferring back to Montana State and ran track. She was a decathlete. But Lexi Nelson, she didn't really get any love in the state. The women's, though, is not as tenuous as, as boys' basketball. You look at the boys' basketball Gatorade Player of the Year. We'll see how Raleigh Wooster does. I think he's got a good chance to be a, a, a darn good player at Utah State or otherwise. He's a good Division One player. He and, has, and in the in the least, he's going to you know a national top twenty five right. program. Totally, to, totally to, to play recruit. But then you look there. at but you look at Sam Begley out of Missoula Sentinel. He ended up not going to school anywhere. Look at Brendan Howard, who was a legacy guy at Montana State, but never got a shot to play there. Spent you know had a cup of coffee at Eastern Washington, but now he's at MSUB. Trace Tickle, undeniable, so good. Sure, Dane Mueller never played in college. Danny Robinson, solid career at Montana State coming out of Billings West. It's good. But Tanner Roderick, who was the Gatorade player of the year in both football and basketball, he ended up having a few moments during his senior year after transferring back from Nevada to Montana State to play receiver, but never, never even close to lived up to the hype. And so it's just very interesting. Then you look at football, I mean, Gabe Solster, we'll see. To be determined, he's got to stay healthy. But Nathan Dick didn't do anything with the Grizz, ended up at Rocky. Blue Chapman. Injuries riddled his career. Andrew Grindy out of CMR. Didn't end up going playing anywhere. So I just think it's interesting. Some of this stuff is complete complete coincidence. If you get hurt, that's just, it is what it is. And it's going to be something that's hard to overcome. But I also think a lot of times, the kids that are the Gatorade players of the year, they don't have the same dynamic as some of the other kids who have this underdog mentality 
because these kids are well known around the state. When you do sign, it is a big deal. Whereas, you know, the half ride defensive tackle out of Cole Strip named Tucker Gates, who no one wants to give a chance, that's the dude who then becomes a three year starter because yeah. he wants it. So, I mean, what do you think of just the dynamic? Yeah, there's a couple things that I think about this. The first is we've said this, uh, or you, you know, we've seen this a bunch of times, especially when it's a quarterback that wins the Heisman. We've seen so many Heisman winning quarterbacks that have gone on to have zero career basically in the NFL. And you go, well, how can you be the best player in college football and not play in the NFL? Well, because there are two different things going on, you know, and it is possible to be a great college player, as we've seen basketball, football, whatever, and not be great at the professional level. In fact, maybe not even be be. Uh, you know, really capable of sticking at that professional level. You know what I'm saying? I think the same thing is true at the high school level in a certain sense where just because a kid is the Gatorade player of the year, first of all, they it's you have a much higher likelihood of going on to play, do something at the collegiate level, even right. the Division One level. Right. But it just doesn't mean that flat out you're the best prospect even in your state to go do that thing. The, right. the other thing, though... The, the interesting part, too, though, is when you look at some of the Gatorade players of the year from the 90s and early 2000s, mm-hmm. Montana started giving this stuff away in the mid-80s. Mm-hmm. You look at the late 80s all the way through the 90s, early 2000s, it was absolutely surefire. That you were going to go somewhere, and that, and also a lot of times that you were the best prospect too. Yeah, the the other, I mean, we look at football like last decade football: Caleb Kidder, Tanner Roderick, Matt Miller, Brock Osweiler, Casey McMillan, who I think went to Notre Dame, Matt Houston, who played at uh, Arizona State, Connor Verlanek out of Drummond, who went to the Grizzlies, Sean Lebsack Grizzlies, Rob Schulte Grizzlies. So, and those guys all had great careers too. Right. It, it was, I mean, it was basically surefire it Montana was, was, Gatorade Player of the Year. Right. You were going to be good in football at, at the least. And then you look at like Gatorade player of the year in basketball last decade. You got guys like Josh Hustis, Jordan Haskett, Eric Hankel, all great division one players that were, that were the top prospects in the state when they were winning the award as well. The, the other thing though, to me that I think is, is worth keeping in mind on mm-hmm. this to tell new on is one ESPN radio is it is the state of Montana. If you are the Gatorade player of the year in Southern California, even Right. There's so many kids every single year that, of course, there's going to be guys, you know, guys and girls each year that are going to be maybe better even than they were last year. But there's going to be there is a floor in terms of how good these kids are guaranteed to be every single year just because of the numbers that are in effect. Well, in Montana, if you're a Gatorade player of the year in your sport, you're great at your sport. There's no question about it. But. There is such a thing as having down years in particular sports and up years in other sports sure. where when the Josh Eustace or the Trace Tinkle happens to matriculate through and they are the you know two-time Gatorade you know surefire player of the year that they're going to go to Oregon State or they're going to go sure. where Stanford or whatever it might be whereas there's a lot of times where that's not going to be the case and it's not necessarily an indictment on anything i think it's part of a greater level of variability year to year with a lower population base sure i i get your point but also i'm just getting at the the psychology of development here because i think we would both agree what you are when you're 18 and what you are when you're 23 is just vastly different sure for all of the things you're gonna have to navigate whether it's just the maturation as a person adjusting the college lifestyle, fitting into a program, your physical development, your mental development, if you get injured or not, if you do, how do you come back from it? All those things certainly play a factor. I guess what I'm getting at, though, is that there's just a lot of guys who are nowhere close to ever even being in the argument for Gatorade Player of the Year in Montana, men and women, that then go on to have outstanding, tremendous careers because of the motivation. I mean, from the women's basketball perspective, Mackenzie Johnson's a great example. She was... She's a good player in high school. A lot of people would say that she was actually even a better softball player than she was a basketball player. Yeah. Good player, though. But then went on to Montana to be a four-year starter and, and the best player on the Lady Grizz during the Shan Schwain era. Never considered for Gatorade Player of the Year, but because of a lot of different factors, she developed a lot more than some of these other girls. I mean, you look at someone like Mac Bignell. Hardly a even state level recruit. I mean, he had to right. walk, even though his dad is Joe Bignell, he still had to walk on to Montana state. Yeah. Well, Mac Bignell ended up a heck of a lot better than a lot of these guys, yeah. but no. that's, that's a lot of, that's a lot of guys though, too. You and, know what I'm but, saying? But, but that is, I mean, your point there's certainly, maybe there is something to the, well, you know, you have 
if you have a little more hype around you or whatever it might be that that maybe it's harder to follow through on those expectations or maybe you don't take it as seriously how hard you got to work or whatever but also i just think the, the the better point is the one that you made what what you are when you're 18 what you are in 22 when yeah. you're 22 two guys could work exactly the same amount and spending the exact same amount of time in the gym or on the football field or in the weight room or whatever it is and one guy's going to double up the other guy in virtue of what that four years is for them physically mentally maybe emotionally whatever you know their the, the, the home life is or whatever it is so that and that's all stuff that that's kind of you can't really know it at that point you know and so maybe that's yeah. that's the bigger lesson i guess my thesis here is just that overexposure or a lot of hype is pretty bad for kids yeah and if they can handle it matt miller's a great example right matt miller was was the dude like he was the dude everybody that saw him play in high school they knew he was an above montana level recruit like he was right he could have gone a lot of places in the Northwest to play basketball, and he could have gone anywhere in the country to play football if he would have gotten seen by the right people. I mean, he's he was that transcendent of an athlete. I mean, he's close to the state record holder in the 110 hurdles, as well as being the best basketball player in the state, the best football player in the state. I mean, I'll never forget the state championship game his sophomore year. He played every position on the field. He's playing quarterback, he's playing running back, he's playing receiver, he's playing corner, he's playing safety, he's coming off the edge, he's doing everything. He's only a sophomore. He was hyped like that, but he handled the hype, and Injuries did derail his career at the end, but I mean, he went to Boise State. He's a freshman All-American. He's school right. all-time leader. So I think some of it is personality predisposition and, and keep it, staying hungry even when you do get a lot of hype. But then I, I mean, I remember a kid coming out of Kalispell named Tyler Thomas. He was an unbelievable offensive line prospect. He had gotten in some trouble in high school, had some quote-unquote character issues. Goes to Oregon State. Doesn't make it. Comes to Montana State, and everybody thinks, well, I mean, this guy's a four-star recruit coming out of high school. We got ourselves a world beater. And he could never figure it out. I and mean, I don't even think he ever even made it to an official game. I don't think he ever even appeared in a game. And so I th- I just often think that sometimes overhype, whether it's Montana or otherwise, yeah. it just kills guys. And it's like you said, if you were just to take, I think ESPN ranks 25 guys as the top, as the five-star recruits each year. If you were to take those guys and extrapolate their careers, I bet you more than half of them don't ever amount to anything. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. I, I mean, totally Travis agree. Johnson was once upon a time ranked ahead as a quarterback than Kyler Murray. Think of that. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, uh, it, 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 exactly. And, yeah, it, that's that's the that's the beauty of – that's why, as Bourbon says, they play the game or why they go to their careers, you know, at college and, and, and beyond to see how that thing is going to go. I mean, we look at the way that Jeff Choate's recruited the last couple of years. They've gotten more three-star recruits than anybody that I can remember in the league. But – a lot of those guys leave right away because mm-hmm. it's just mm-hmm. not for them. And whereas then the guys that have become some of the best players for Jeff Choate are guys like Derek Marks, who are just, you know, from down the road in Belgrade, Montana. You know, guys like Calhoun O'Reilly, a former high school quarterback. It's the same thing with Coach Houck, but that's what I wonder with the recruiting tactics that Bobby Houck is using right now in Montana. They are the least about, quote-unquote, hype that of any team in the league, certainly, and of any really college football program that I follow, yeah. it's not about the graphics. It's not about the videos. Are you falling behind the times by not doing that kind of stuff? I do think to a certain extent you are. Right. But I also think you're going to get a lot of guys that are not necessarily, quote-unquote, me guys, guys that aren't about the glitz and glamour. They want to be a part of a team. It's getting more rare this day and age, period, no matter how you recruit. Mm-hmm. But I do think the element that Montana does not, right now under Coach Hal, with Justin Green as a recruiting coordinator, they are not trying to sell or win anything via hype. Right. Yeah. And true. I just wonder what, how that affects the mentality of a team. Because, that I mean, that's why so many of those guys under Coach Hal rose like they did, because it was straight up about who's going to work the hardest. And that's why Colt Anderson made it to the NFL, because Colt went from walk-on to NFL dude be straight up from outworking everybody, rising to the occasion of competition every single day. Stu Telling the Wanus, 1029 ESPN Radio. Good conversation. How about another? There's about to be a left-handed quarterback in the NFL for the first time in four years. Why aren't there more lefties playing quarterback? Is this a conspiracy? Next. 
At Blackfoot, we're experts at keeping businesses connected to customers and communities. During this time, we want to help share our expertise with your business. From advising on remote workforce systems to assessing internet connections, we're here to help deploy the solution you need to continue supporting your customers. How can we help your business? Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash remote workforce to learn more. And I hope she will take me back Nothing in my pocket And all I own is upon my back But she's the girl who said she loved me On that hot, dusty making road And if she's still around <laughs> I'm gonna settle down Without a hard-loving Georgia girl and a pleasant Friday afternoon to you, my friends. Great to be with you. It's Tutel and Nuanas. Thanks for letting us be on board. Whatever you're up to. Coulter and I in our new studios. We even got phones to show for it today. This is great. You want to give us a call? Go ahead. 406-361-3688, the phone number. You don't have to save it until you know, after 6 o'clock. It'll be new next week again. But uh, happy to have phones. Great work by Tommy to get us up and running on that. Hey, we're going to be joined by Sean Rainey at the top of the hour. Had a nice long conversation with him talking about all kinds of stuff. You know, you jump over all, all over the map when the rain man's on. So uh, we will get to that at the top of the hour. But here, I want to talk a little bit. The NFL draft is coming up, man. Are like a week and a half away from this? Is it? Is it? Is it this Thursday or a week from this Thursday? I don't even know what day it is. I think it might be this Thursday. We should know this. We do sports talk on ESPN Radio. We should well, know yeah, what day. But we are completely out of the, the loop when the it comes to live NFL. events. We haven't had a live event in weeks. <sighs> in any case. April 23rd through the 25th, so that would be, it's yes, not, next I, Thursday. I know it's April 23rd. I don't know what today day today is. <laughs> <laughs> today is April 17th. So it's so Thursday. We're six Thursday. days away from the NFL draft. I can't wait uh, to have the NFL draft. I'll tell you what, dude. You know, last dance, double episode opener on Sunday, and then the uh, the NFL draft on Thursday. Oh, this is great. I'm one. I'm interested to know what the the draft is going to look like. You know what I mean? And the analysis. You're going to have Shefty at his house. You know, Mortensen at his house. Have have you know Chris Berman on a yacht somewhere, probably in a nice big Hawaiian shirt. So this is going to be a, 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 a you know a a, a a novel telecast, to say the least. We, by the way, will have the draft for you right here on ESPN Radio as well. I'll give you the Look radio that version. Live so, events. Absolutely. Can't wait. Uh, but, Coulter, let's talk about this. Uh, Tua Tagovailoa. Oh, man, I was so Tagovailoa. close. Tagovailoa. is going to be drafted uh, per- certainly Thursday, right? There's no way he drops the second round. Oh, there's no question he's getting drafted Thursday. He is left-handed. He is. He is a very rare species of quarterback that is a southpaw in the NFL. The last quarterback that I can think of that was a lefty in the, the NFL was Kellen Moore recently. Obviously out of Boise State and was there as a backup for uh, the Cowboys. He played a little bit, a couple, some couple games for uh, Dallas uh, before he ended up getting injured and then some guy named Dak took over. And now he's the O.C., <laughs> Of right. all things for for the Cowboys with Mike McCarthy, or at least is it he he is he been retained? He was the OC this past season. Yeah, I believe he's retained. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, but go through the list because there's there's actually been a lot of the guys that have there's only about I'd say twenty guys in the history of the league that have been left handed quarterbacks. Yeah. But a lot of them have been very good. I mean, Kenny Stabler, who was a Super Bowl champion with the Raiders. Jim Zorn, who was an All-Pro um, for the Seattle Seahawks, Boomer Esiason, multiple-time Pro Bowler for the Cincinnati Bengals, Steve Young, Hall of Famer, Scott sure. Mitchell. I mean, did you say Mike Vick? Mike Vick, Mark Brunel, Doug Nussmeyer yeah. of Idaho fame, Cade McNown, and eh, kind of a flop. Chris Sims, Jared Lorenzen, Matt Leinert, Pat White, Tim Tebow, Kellen Moore. So some guys that maybe didn't live up to expectations quite as much there but also but some guys that certainly did some guys that absolutely did i mean so michael a lot vick, like the right-handed group michael vick was an outstanding quarterback mark brunell obviously outstanding steve young hall of famer so there has been some good ones so within the context of that though it is you know they they say uh you know bill belichick always looking for a uh you know 
an advantage has just like loves to find left-footed punters because the the opposite rotation of the football is you know can make it more difficult to field for guys who are used to catching it with the rotation the other direction on it. Now I I don't know if that's you know actually true or what the deal is. I do know this: it is without question a different reality to catch a football that is spinning anti-clockwise as opposed to clockwise Mm -hmm. and if you or I go out and catch a football you could have a right-handed guy throwing it left-handed guy throwing it and you go okay yeah there's a difference but what's the big deal I actually think the big deal comes in that these are actually professional wide receivers who've caught tens of thousands hundreds of thousands of footballs over the course of their careers and 99% 99% of them, maybe 100% of them, have all been spinning in one particular direction. You are so acutely attuned to that that now to catch it coming the other direction is not that it's impossible, but it is an adjustment, and I think in a certain case more difficult. If you're if you're catching a football from Tua, it's probably going to be a very catchable football. That's my thought on this. I think you're in great shape, but it is an interesting consideration, and especially when there haven't been many of them, and the last... I mean, the last major left-handed quarterback that was a huge pump-up coming out of the draft that I can recall was Matt Leinart. Or Tim Tebow. Well, yeah, that's a good point. Tim Tebow, but he was... People were incredulous about Tim Tebow's football ability in many ways. Other people were big on it. Right. Almost everybody thought Matt Leinart's going to be a great professional quarterback, and he wasn't. And I, I don't know all the reasons for it. I wonder if this might be part of it. Maybe it's just a conspiracy. I don't know. Well, I actually, I watched the Trojan War last night, the USC oh, yeah. for 30, and uh, retrospectively, Matt Leiner famously did not come out after his junior year. He would have been the number one overall pick. Yes. He stayed in school. He still was a first-round pick, but he did not get that guaranteed money that used to exist as the number one overall pick. But that's here nor there. Rewatching that those highlights, those every single one of those dudes was absolutely as good as I remember, and Matt Leiner's just the dude who's just the point guard. When you watch the film and stuff, he does not have a big league arm at all. And so it was not surprising to me, retrospectively, watching yeah. that, that he didn't make it. He just doesn't have an NFL arm. And so I don't know if his left hand well, or right that ain't a problem for Tua. You got no, a full Tua, he, he will have yeah. He will have one of the best arms in the league yes. day one. Yes. Here's my question for... Oh, go ahead. One thing that I thought was interesting last year when I was interviewing Bobby Houck, we were talking about the offensive line for the for Montana because that's mm-hmm. been the storyline, and it's always one, one of my storylines no matter what anyways. But Houck did what he does sometimes, and he said, he, he said, oh, let me ask you a question. I said, okay. Yeah, yeah. He said, what do you think is the most important position on the offensive line? I said, well, conventional wisdom would say left tackle. He said, wrong. He said, it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. He said, because especially in college, the quarterback moves the pocket so much, there's really no such thing as the blind side. You can adjust the protection. It's all about the wide side of the field now. That's what the all of football is about, is where's the wide side of the field? In the NFL, you're not going to have nearly as much of a wide side because the hashes are so much more spread. So, to me, it's not really a, a thing. For, to, to a talking about Lua, I think we'll make it in the NFL if he can stay upright. And he can stay confident. I think that's all it really comes down Mm -hmm. to because I think that he has better pure quarterback playing ability than any left-handed guy since who? Michael Vick? But Tua's even more of a traditional quarterback. So For sure. I mean, as as far as a guy who's going to stand in there, I mean, Mark Brunel, but he has a much better arm than that, though, too. The only question to me about Tua is is injuries and specifically the hip. Like, can he he be uh, uh, durable? Right. If he can be, I I think that he is going to be a great quarterback in the NFL. And I I just want to remind everybody, you know, people, you know, you watch him play. I I heard today on Will on the Will Kane show, and I I think this is a very good point. Who who's he playing with at Alabama? Oh, I don't know, a dozen other first rounders that nobody else has. I mean, it's it's varsity versus JV at best in almost every game. So it's easy to look good when four first-round wide receivers are catching the football from you and four first-round offensive sure. linemen are blocking for you. Sure, sure, sure. But it's it's also fascinating how fast the star can fade when it's impacted by things that are sort of out of control like injuries. Yeah. 
the day that Tua Tagovailoa, the night that Tua Tagovailoa came off the bench and replaced Jalen Hurts, I can't remember a guy that made my eyes pop like that. And, and this right is away. what I was going to say. The thing that people don't you forget remember, is that very thing. This kid, as a freshman, walked onto a national championship football field at halftime. And my impression, okay, and I think obviously Saban's as well, if Jalen Hurts is playing in that football game, Alabama does not win that football game. The only thing that changed was some kid from Hawaii whose name you couldn't say coming in there and slinging it. Exactly. And 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 to do that in that moment under that pressure and be as cool as a cucumber, that is something that is very rare. And and that is innate. That doesn't get injured out of you. And so I my, I'm I'm very high on Tua with the huge asterisks of health. And the people forget that the following year he could have, and in a lot of people's minds, should have won the Heisman Trophy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he threw for almost 4,000 yards, 43 touchdowns. The kid is such a transcendent talent that he made Nick Saban go away from what Nick Saban's been doing for 20 years. They started running the spread at Alabama because right. of Tua Tonkavailoa. They were running some zone read elements out of the spread with Jalen Hurts, sure. certainly. But, I mean, they went downfield passing game. Let's let this kid straight chuck it. I mean, who would have ever thought that you'd have a, an Alabama quarterback throw for 4,000 yards in a season That's right. with Nick Saban as the head coach? You never thought that that would happen. I agree that the injuries are such a gigantic asterisk on this because he has to stay healthy, and the injuries that he suffered last year were horrific. But don't sleep on the kid because he is an absolutely top-level talent. I mean, he's got as good an arm as anybody that's come in the league since Jameis Winston. Yeah. I mean, his, he's got big league arm talent. No doubt. One of the craziest part about this, I just found this out while perusing while we're doing the segment. Yes. Tua Tagovailoa is actually right-handed. He throws left-handed. That's the only thing he does, mm. left-handed. I have the only thing I do lefty is catch myself when I fall. Like through the wall at your house? I've often thought of this. You know, you go through these weird scenarios. Like, you know, if I had to, if I had to do something to save the world, you know what I mean? Like if I could, I don't like if somebody, if somebody had to stop, you know, the coronavirus by donating a limb, I would gladly give my left arm because nobody's using their other appendage less than I'm using this (laughs) thing. It just sits here. It holds, it's a, it's a wedding ring holder is what this thing is for me. It's completely functionless. So right hand dominant. It's absurd. Uh, in any case, I would do that for you, people, the people of Earth. That's what I'm here for. Uh, it's our number one, and it is in the book. Straight ahead, Sean Rainey, our good friend from SWX Television, joined us on the Zoom. You'll hear that conversation next. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold, or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore. Your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus. 